Well, real estate kind of came as a, a side gig. Um, like you mentioned, my job, my primary job is in the, um, uh, at the hospital. Um, but I bought my first duplex and I kind of keep adding to the portfolio. And um, it wasn't until when I was deployed that I deeply dived into learning the business uh, of real estate. Um, so I spent hours and hours and months after months uh, learning and reading, uh, listening to podcast and, and truly understanding um, that there is a, a strategy to build uh, wealth with the real estate. And um, when I came back to the States after my deployment, uh, that is when we kept adding more and adding more and using different strategies to build our portfolio that we self-managed. I know it sounds crazy because we both have a, a full-time job, me and my husband but uh, we have an excellent team and we are able to manage our portfolio from anywhere in the world pretty much. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Tali, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Tali. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Lee, and my guest today is Maricela Soberanes. Welcome, Maricela. Thank you, Annette. Thanks for having me. Let me tell you a little bit about Maricela. As a first-generation Mexican immigrant, Maricela arrived to the United States with only $100 in her pocket, unable to speak the language and without knowing anyone. She left her business degree behind and started over by earning an EGD in, healthcare, in the health, healthcare field. She completed her doctorate in practice of anesthesia and joined the Navy Reserves. She started an anesthesia service business and has been practicing as a traveler provider around the country and overseas when deployed. America has provided Maricela with unimaginable opportunities from getting an education to buying real estate. She has a deep desire to give back by providing families in need with clean, safe, beautiful, and affordable housing. That is awesome, Maricela. So tell me, how did you get into real estate? Uh, well, real estate kind of came as a, a side gig. Um, like you mentioned, my job, my primary job is in the, um, uh, at the hospital. Um, but I bought my first duplex and I kind of keep adding to the portfolio. And um, it wasn't until when I was deployed that I deeply dive into learning the business uh, of real estate. Um, so I spent hours and hours and months <laughs> after months uh, learning and reading, uh, listening to podcast and, and truly understanding um, that there is a, a strategy to build uh, wealth with the real estate. And um, when I came back to the States after my deployment, uh, that is when we kept adding more and adding more and using different strategies to build our portfolio that we self-managed. I know it sounds crazy because we both have a, a full-time job, me and my husband but uh, we have an excellent team and we are able to manage our portfolio from anywhere in the world pretty much. Um, but that's, that's uh, the short version of how I got involved in the real estate uh, business. 
But we, we talked about this uh, a little bit ago because Maricel is a friend of mine. We, we participate on the same mastermind and she always blows my mind when, when she starts talking about her stories. You got into your first duplex by accident. So tell me a little bit about that one. Right. Um, so I was looking for a house. It was, it was just me and my little dog then. Um, and I really didn't want a big house. I wanted to, to, to make sure that if I was going to go anywhere, uh, travel or uh, move somewhere that I could actually rent the house or re rent the place that I was occupying. So with that in mind, um, I in, in Mexico, there's no such thing as a duplex. So uh, to me, it was a different uh, concept to wrap my brain around. Uh, but knowing that somebody will pay one side of the rent or the mortgage, um, that was enticing to me so I was like well I can move in one side I pretty much house hacked uh, the duplex moved in one side did the repairs uh, with uh, my family's um, help and myself really didn't know about construction or repairs but uh, uh, we completed that ourselves and yeah I was able to go to um, grad school for three years and uh, the duplex was being pretty much rented out and being paid by um, the, the residents and that allowed me the freedom to pretty much focus on my education at that time. Um, so that, yeah, I guess it wasn't really an accident because I have the, the mindset of uh, the business, you know, that there's, uh, there's the options that you have and you have to create yourself or put yourself in a position where you, you can, you have options. And to me, that, that was the way to go to do it. And I guess I could have done that with a house, but um, yeah, uh, I just fall into the duplex and that's kind of where my heart is as, uh, as an investor to do dilute your risk by adding units. So multi-living is, is kind of where my heart is. And in fact, uh, the name of the business kind of calls it that way, uh, um, Oplex Living. So Plex meaning that it's a complex or a, a group of um, housing. So multi-living is kind of where, where we are. I love it. And that's the exact same reason why I started with the duplex. You know, I thought I can, with the same money, I can buy a house. But if you have a duplex, you're right there dividing your liability. And it's very unlikely that you're going to have both units empty at the same time. I mean, it could happen, but uh, most likely you only will have half of uh, the, the building empty at one time. The Deal. All right, so let's talk about the deal. What deal are we going to talk about today? Uh, um, well, I have so many good lessons learned. <laughs> uh, you know, during each acquisition, there's always something that you learn and you're excited about. So it's like I can tell you about all the deals, but um, I think this is one specifically um, because it was the the uh, properties that we have that, that we did the most renovation and more extensive uh, upgrades. And again, we did it from distance. Um, there's, this is a single family home. Uh, All right, uh, so the, the, the type of property is a single family home. All right, so yes. is, is um, what type it, of uh, property is it? Is it an A asset, B or C? Um, when we purchased it, it was a C. <laughs> okay. um, but we brought it up to B for sure. And that area, it's, um, it, so I think I forgot to mention our um, portfolio is located in Austin and in Austin, it's all about um, uh, appreciation. 
So appreciation by location. Um, so I know that area, that area very well, and uh, that area is up and coming, and there's a lot of improvement in that area. So when we purchase the property, we either look for cash flow or appreciation. So that specific deal was uh, for appreciation. Um, we I found it on the MLS. Okay, you found it on the MLS. But but let me go back before we move to the next question. How do you gauge if a, an area is going to appreciate? Like, what do you look at when you're looking at these areas, when you're looking for properties for appreciation? Um, so, in, well, in Austin, and again, you have to know your market um, where, where you're, um, where you're in, um, investing. But in Austin, pretty much anything that is close to downtown, closer to the big highways, um, and that, and the the area of downtown is just expanding and cleaning up and hugging all these like small neighborhoods. So that uh, there's a, a major highway that is it's been there, but they're doing a lot of improvements, a lot of extension there. Um, the, the area itself is just booming with new houses. Pretty much every other house is like re renovated, like some of them tear down and renovated and added multi livings. So that that's one of the, the uh, signs here because it starts like that it starts with a little house here in a little corner and then next thing you know like every house or nearly every house is either um, new construction or reno uh, renovated to like from C to a higher um, either um, D or, I mean I'm sorry B or, or A um, it depends who if, if you're going to hold it or, or flip it um so so yeah the um the areas they just like keep blooming and um new business new restaurants like cute cafes and all that uh, new business is what gives us the the motivation that the change is coming awesome awesome all right so how did you find it you mentioned mls but were you working with an agent So uh, yes, we always have agents um, looking for deals for us. Uh, we ourselves always strolling deals. Um, so uh, that house was in the market for 30 minutes. Um, when I found it, I drove by and my agent met me there. It was literally 30 minutes um, and we put an offer, cash buy. Awesome. That is the way to go, like quickly, as soon as you can in cash. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You get the edge, right? You don't, you know, people want cash uh, much rather than than finance deal that could fall through. That's the reason why they call cash is queen, is king. Right. All right. And so what was the listing price? Uh, the listing price was 115 negotiated to 110 Okay, so 115 negotiated down to 110. Awesome. How did you negotiate it? What did you use as a way to negotiate it down? Uh, fast closing and take as is. The house needed a lot of work. Okay. Extensive. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So how did you how did you fund this um, this deal? I know you bought it cash, but I'm assuming that before then you had to get. Um, other investments where you could move your money into this one correct so 
um, the strategy that we use is we had a line of credit and a uh, another um, a primary. At that time, it was a primary house. Um, so we, yeah, we have that line of credit built up already. And that's one of the things you have to kind of have liquidity, not just uh, equity and sit in there. So you kind of leverage that. And as an investor, you kind of have to start thinking about that way earlier before you find a deal. So we, we just happened to be sitting in some equity and it was liquid by line of credit. All right. So for people that don't know, what is a line of credit and how does it work? Yeah. So um, home equity line of credit, it works with when your primary residence, you pretty much get a like a like a credit card that uh, depending on the bank you use, they usually do um, on your loan, whatever you have uh, paid off, they calculate a percentage of that. I believe ours was 75% of the paid off loan. So they go how much your um, mortgage is and what's the value of the house. And that is the difference is your equity. And from that amount, they will calculate a percentage that they then give you a, a credit card pretty much or a loan that you can access. Um, and you pay interest only if you use it. If you don't use it, then it's just sitting waiting for you. And that is, that is an awesome way to, to buy property because you can buy it quickly with that money and you're paying an interest only when you use it. And then once you refinance out of the property, when you fix it up and you're able to get a mortgage, then you can pay back the line of credit. So an example for this, um, for people that are new to the HELOC is if your house is worth, uh, you bought it for a hundred and now it's worth 200,000, you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity on it. So the bank is normally willing to lend you from 70 to sometimes 89% of that equity. So you can take out, you know, from 60,000 to 89,000 uh, and it could be interest only, or it could be principal and interest. And then they are normally for 10 years. So you have this huge credit card where you can borrow money from um, at any time and you only pay interest when you are using it. So awesome. All right. So that's the way you bought it. And so what was your exit strategy for this property specifically? So our strategy for investing is buy and hold. So we knew we were going to uh, hold um, and rent it. And um, so because of that, we went with top of the line fixing. So the foundation, we repaired the foundation. They literally drilled holes inside the house. They, they did a good repair. Uh, same thing, a new roof, a new appliances, new everything, because we know that when you put the money up front, then you can sit on a, um, a rental that it's pretty much uh, not going to have any problems, hopefully, or minimum, and the, uh, uh, the CapEx is going to be low for hopefully years to come. All right, so let's talk the numbers. You acquired it for 110000 How much did you invest on renovations? Um, it was about 50, 55, um, with everything that once completed. Um, All right, and so that is 165, if I'm not mistaken, all in. And what's the rent? Um, it's rented for 1650, so 1650. Perfect 1% 1 rule, 
right? That's one of the things that I uh, always preach, at least here in Florida. It's even, it's hard to get a 1% here in Florida, uh, but that's exactly what we do. The 1% rule for those that don't know is when your um, monthly income from the rental is 1% of the purchase price. So in this case, she bought it all in for uh, 110 plus 55, that uh, gives you 165K uh, and the rents were 1650. So if you follow this first, this 1% rule, probably the numbers will work. Once this, uh, once the property passes this um, rule, then you can, you know, underwrite it uh, further and look at expenses and, and repairs and all that that you need to do. So was your estimate of the 55,000 estimate, uh, was it near what you spent? Did you estimate near what you spent or was it totally off? You know, um, we were pretty close on our estimate. And one thing I can I can share is that we have been working with this uh, general contractor for years. And um, he gave us a quote on the work and we decided to get two more quotes. Just um, because, you know, you cannot get comfortable. You're like, okay, well that, we always work together. He's probably giving me a good deal. Well, when we reach out to other um, um, contractors to get a quote, we got a significant uh, uh, change on, on the price for the foundation, which was the biggest foundation in the roof. That was the biggest uh, expense. So we were able to save there um, about 7000 I believe, on just from getting a, a different contractor for a portion of it. Um, so if we have gone with the same contractor that we used uh, and stay in the comfort zone without getting uh, different estimates, we probably would have uh, underestimated them the uh, amount of money needed for renovation. So my advice to your audience is always get two or three at least um, estimates from your contractors and um, it, that is it so important. That is so important. I have the same experience. You know, you gotta trust, but verify. And you know, uh, your contractors get comfortable. You know, she's been working with me for a long time. Let me just, you know, do it this way. So, uh, you know, I had actually the opposite experience. I have a roofer that I trust and he's awesome. And he does all the roofs because I always look for properties that have bad roofs because people get scared about roofs here in Florida. And so I normally replace them. So he's awesome at you know, always giving me fair quotes. And so when I checked, because I still wanted to check if he was giving me a good price, um, he was actually a lot cheaper than most of uh, the other quotes that I got. So, you know, you just need to verify. Absolutely. Yeah, so our estimates were pretty uh, close to what we ended up spending. And after this, we actually took on doing the general contractor ourselves and we uh, managed the subcontractors and that and the next property, because it was eye-opening the percentage that uh, the general contractors take. And it's convenience, you know, we were able to do renovations while we are living in different states. So, uh, and we trust him. But when you are able to do some of it yourself, especially as a new investor, it will save you a lot of money and you will learn like how to handle and how to run the business. Again, you don't have to do it if you don't have to, if you, if, if you can, or if you have the money to pay that 30% or so 
In or if you don't have the time, right? Sometimes you have the money, but you don't have the time. So then the, that's a good option uh, to hire somebody. But I also believe what you're saying is so true. When you do it yourself, you know, and they give you prices, you can counter and say like, hey, this doesn't take that long. Or, you know, I think this number looks a little bit higher because of my previous property cost me this much when I did it. So you can kind of uh, set some check and balances for your contractors when you have done it before. So I think that experience is invaluable for people that are starting Maybe the first one you do it with a contractor and then you kind of learn and then the next one you can do it by yourself uh, and, you know, get the experience so you don't, you, you can check later. Because if you don't know what you're doing, how can you check on somebody else? It's a little bit harder. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So tell me, uh, besides these um, awesome lessons that we learned, what else did you learn from this um, property? This specific property, um, so it was ready, renovated. We did the video, we put in the, uh, ad, well, yeah, we were putting in an advertisement already. And again, we were living in different states. Um, I was in New York, my husband is in San Diego. So the property was sitting there empty and be ready to view. So again, we have systems and a team that helps us uh, to the next step, which we'll be showing. Well, there, one of the contractors came back to the house because he forgot something. I think it's some of his, some of his tools. When he opened the house, they had vandalized the house. Oh, they, no. uh, yes, it was horrible. It, like it's the, this, this is the first time that like this happened, something like this happened. So, um, we, we have to proceed again. We are more else that we have to activate the team and get everything clean up again, because we are supposed to have some showings. Um, so they broke into the back door. It was, it was horrible. So we learned that we need to use security system. <laughs> so, so, uh, we invested in that and, um, it, it has worked well, but that's one of the lessons that it, it was very hard to swallow. And, uh, now we, we use security system whenever we, we can, if the, if the place is going to be vacant or we cannot do the drive by. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another listen <laughs> yeah so how much was the the repairs after the vandalism that you had to spend uh that was about the five thousand dollar no it was probably about thousand uh because the insurance did reimburse uh some so always get insurance even if uh, it's empty just uh yeah but, I just um, wanted, I wanted to compare how much was the security system, the investment on security system versus what you spent on just one cleanup, you know, because that, that puts things in, into perspective that sometimes spending a little bit on an extra uh, system will save you a lot of money in the long run. Um, yeah, and also investing in that if you're moving from deal to deal, that specific company allows you to move the equipment and as long as you have a, a Wi-Fi uh, uh, set up you can you can connect pretty much yourself so um, look for options there are some cameras that are not um, um, alarm like they don't alarm the, the the police but they do make the noise so protect your your uh, your properties because it's it, it could happen to anyone. And also, like there is, I think there is some of them that work with cellular signal so you don't even need Wi-Fi. That's correct. Yeah. Productivity hack. All right. So now it's time for our um, productivity hack. So 
Marisela, you know, I am super excited to get to our three tips because, you know, I am super excited of what you're going to share. But for the productivity hack, what have you done uh, or implemented in your business that has taken you to the next level that you want to share with my audience? Well, um, as uh, we talked before and um, we um, shared some of these uh, tips before, but I'm all virtual and I'm all for, I don't want any paperwork trail, I, papers get scanned and uploaded to a place where I can access them from anywhere. So that has been my biggest, um, I'll say mobility that allows me mobility and allows me to stay on top of things uh, as far as I can move anywhere and I have my little bag of carry on. <laughs> so the business is somewhere in the cloud and uh, it's, a, it's, it's a group of apps that we use and systems, but that's, that uh, we can pretty much access it if we are on line waiting for our meal or, you know, it's, it's like three to five minutes that you can use anytime and it gets you ahead or at least it gets you to a point that you don't have to spend a whole month or day catching up with things because you have it so accessible um, that you can access that in, at any time and use the, the downtime, I call it, um, that, that gets you ahead. So that's, to me or to us, is the, the group of apps that we use and systems that allows us to be productive at any, um, during any uh, time down or downtime, I'm sorry, downtime that you can find. Awesome. I love it. And I am learning from you and I'm going to be implementing some of your tips. Expert tips. So let's go to the three expert tips. I'm super excited about this because um, Maricel is going to talk about how to manage your portfolio from anywhere. And this ties in with the productivity hack because Maricela, the, does everything virtually. So I want her to give us three tips on how to uh, be able to manage your portfolio from anywhere. Um, well, the first system that we use is we have a virtual office and uh, they pretty much handle all, all of your mail. They can scan it for you, open it and scan it. And there's some places that if you receive checks, they could deposit them for you. Um, but for us is the fact that we don't get any um, um, no unwanted mail and that somebody else handles our, our mail and scans it. If, if, if uh, um, you need to file it, then you request it to be mailed to whatever your location is. Um, if it's an original paper that you need it. it. Otherwise, once that it's a scan, it's uploaded to the cloud and you can ask them to shred it as well. Awesome. All right. Number two. Um, we use the, uh, the app for scanning. So we have the Genius Scan, and I don't know if I can say the brand, but it's a scanning app. Absolutely. And then we, sh we upload those, the, any document that is share, uh, scanned into the Google Drive. And we have folders and for different properties, for different paperwork. Um, but once that we receive a document that it's, uh, whether it's by email, you can download it from the email, you can scan it physically, and then you can change it into PDFs. So if uh, we receive a document and then we're gonna have to mail it or email it, um, we use that, that app. And then it's filed under 
uh, a specific name and a specific folder. And then it's uploaded in the cloud, so you can pretty much access it from anywhere. So does this app upload it automatically or do you need to upload it manually? Um, so you can set up the app so that it uploads every time you make a change to a file. So if you open a file, it's going to upload it. If you add a document to a file, it's going to upload it. So anytime that you open and close that document, it's going to upload it. So pretty much it, it uploads uh, live. You don't have to okay. set a time. To All right. So you basically, um, so that you have a cloud that it would be replace your hard drive on, on a computer, correct? So you're going to have the same folders that you will have on, the, on your computer at home, but you have it on the cloud. Have you ever had any problems with not being able to have internet and then not being able to use the cloud? Maybe the, that could have been when we were deployed and they shut the internet for the whole base. <laughs> but other than that, I can't think of anything. Or maybe when I was diving in uh, Belize, then there water. <laughs> but that, that is a big concern for me because I would love to, you know, do it on the cloud. But I'm always like, what if I don't have internet? And then like all my information is on the cloud and I can access it if I don't have internet. I mean, it's very unlikely in the US to not have it, but you know, we had three weeks ago, I think, or two weeks ago, uh, the, the whole network for Verizon and I think another big cellular company was down for a couple of hours. I couldn't make a call, uh, so it was pretty unique. But that, that is a um, um, unique situation. It's not you know, normal or common. All right, so what's the third uh, expert tip? Um, so the third one is uh, another app, <laughs> it's um, Notability, and with that app, you can actually sign documents, you can type into documents, so uh, we use that to sign our leases, um, so pretty much you can do by finger sign and add notes, text it or uh, type notes, so it looks neater, um, but again, it, it, that one fits into the uh, this Genius Scan, and it, it, again, it files under the lease or under oh, the so they connect um the genius app and the notability connect with each other no that one you have to uh, share it share the document share it too. Once okay. it's signed, then you can file it under the genius scan but okay. um it's like you can highlight you can pretty much like a live document that you can um add in sign and uh, highlight and it's just to us, it um, it replaces the having to go and print a document and... Um, can you do closings with that? Like, can you sign closing documents or do you... Because I've gotten other apps to sign documents as well. Uh, you know, I've done, I think my last closings, they were digital. Yeah, so the we have done digital closings, but it has to be prepared by the uh, um, notary. So we just follow whatever whatever they have. Um, and I believe we did one with DocuSign. Mm -hmm. What's that? There's a couple uh, of them. DocuSign, there is another one. Did you test these other ones and then you pick um, Notability for a reason or you just started with Notability and stay with it? I started with Notability and I, the, the, when I first was exposed to it was uh, when I was doing or going to different hospitals and then you have to print and uh, sign documents for credentialing uh, privileges in the hospitals. And it was just so overwhelming. A, a, a fellow um, 
uh, coworker showed me that and she, she's the one that opened my eyes to the digital world pretty much because before then I was having to go to the store and print it and sign it and, and go to fax it. I was like, oh my God. So we also have the Genius fax, which you can um, add to the Genius scanner. And it creates a fax as if you were faxing it from, uh, uh, it, it even allows you to create a, a face uh, page. So, that's awesome. And are these apps that you mentioned paid or are they free? Um, I believe they're paid, but they're no more than $10. A month? No, one. Oh, for the full version. Oh, that, that is amazing. That is yes. awesome. I, I already, I have to say, I, I spoke with uh, Maricela last week and I already got the Genius Scan, but I'm going to get now the, the Genius Facts and I'm going to look into Notability. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I definitely see the need. Sometimes I'm somewhere else and I don't have the documents with me. And I've been using a little bit OneDrive. I've been using a little bit of Google Drive. Um, but I feel that I need to like pick one and then just go with it and, you know, transfer all, all the information. And, you know, I know that we already talked with the three tips, but do you use a different backup system? And the backup all your info? The Google Drive. The Google Drive. So does, does it connect automatically or do you just manually do a backup? So my computer is backup to um, the cloud and then I upload all the documents to Google Drive into folders. So that is, I think that's very important that you have like multiple backups because if you lose one, then you have the other one and your files are not going to be lost. Amazing. Maricela, thank you so much for sharing so much, so much knowledge with my audience. I am so excited to, to know you and to learn from you, uh, you know, every week that we talk on the mastermind. And so tell people how can they find you? I know you have a blog. Um, so tell us about your blog and how can people contact you online? Yes, thank you. Um, so my blog is called Seeds for Life Success. Um, the uh, website is uh, from survival, I'm sorry, from financial survival to financialindependence.com. So that's the message that blog talks about a little bit of uh, uh, my story and then sharing tips that I have used and I have improved to, to reach the financial um, independence and it's pretty much a, 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 a small write-up, so it's not too heavy to digest, but it shares true trips, the tips that I have used personally and that um, had allowed me to accomplish what I had accomplished. Um, so I really hope that you can connect. And in the um, website, you can also find a, uh, a button where you can book uh, a free session pretty much to connect. And I also started doing um, uh, Wednesday talk, casual talks. It's just connecting to talk about um, situations, anything that, ha that you want to bring to the table. Um, people is um, always willing to give back. I, I, I feel that um, the more that you present your situation to others, uh, the more points of views you get. And that's the topic for casually getting together over the phone. And everything is virtual. Everything is free. It's just a way uh, that I try to find so I can give back to the community and to um, all the dreamers out there. 
And so I hope that you can connect there. Again, the website is from financial survival to financial independence. Amazing. And your story as an immigrant myself, I am from Peru, if you don't know and you haven't heard my accent. Uh, it's so refreshing to see another immigrant like me that is crashing in real estate and is going after their, you know, your dreams and, and achieving them because it gives me uh, somebody to look up to and, and realize that I can, I can be there as well. And, you know, and a lot of people, you know, just focus on the negative things like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. I mean, you came to this country with a hundred dollars. Um, and so funny, you know, I just remembered um, when I came uh, to the U.S., I think I had a hundred dollars also. My dad gave me a hundred dollars, but I was going to my aunt's house. Um, and, but then the, the airline um, canceled my flight for some reason. So my dad got me like an extra $300 uh, you know, payment because they delayed my flight or canceled it and we had to to travel again to the airport or whatever. So it was so funny reading that. Um, so I came with like $400 in my pocket. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marisela. It was such a nice time talking to you. And if you haven't uh, connected with her, make sure that you connect with her. She's on Facebook also. And go to her websites and, and read her blog. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Annette. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.